Lingua Britannica is a podcast that uses ethnographic interviews to study language use in the extreme metal community. We are studying a music scene known for its love of themes and topics generally considered offensive, and it is likely that some episodes will touch on topics or opinions some listeners may find tasteless or ethically problematic. Ethnographic researchers aim to adopt the interviewee's point of view so that we can draw out and study the attitudes, beliefs, and practices that are important to them. We want to make it clear that in presenting these conversations here, we do not endorse any of their content. Our aim is to explore the thought processes behind language use in this long-running, international and yet understudied scene. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Linga Britallica with me, Jess Crook, and my co-host, Wes Robertson. Hello. Today we're bringing you yet another episode packed with podcasts first uh, by speaking to our first Italian band, our first band writing lyrics in Italian language, and if I'm not mistaken, our first black metal band. Is that right, Liz? Uh, well, I mean, Panopticon is kind of black metal. Yeah, true. Okay. Well, our, first, our first real black, like straight up black metal band, not experimental, yeah. Close. Semi-first yeah, on that one. <laughs> Great. Well... Without further ado, uh, the band we're referring to is Ruka, uh, whose lyricist Necrom uh, we have with us in our Zoom meeting today. So thanks for making time to chat with us, Necrom. Um, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thanks you. Thanks for having me. It's a uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Oh, pleasure having you. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Just to start off, like we always do. I mean, we introduced you as as a black metal band, um, and you know there are websites that describe you as specifically symphonic black metal. Uh, but are these terms that you would use to define the band, or how would you uh, define your band to you know someone who maybe is familiar with metal but hasn't heard you before? So, uh, if I have to pick a word for describing Haruka's music, uh, I think I will pick the word elegant, which mm-hmm. is not a word that you uh, associate with. With black metal, but uh, um, I think that uh, we definitely falls under the category of black metal because, for for let's say for a number of reasons, uh, for example, the the heavy usage of uh, blast beat tempos or uh, you know vocal screaming or distorted uh, distorted sound. But uh, with that said, uh, I think that uh, uh, we differ uh, we differ a lot for uh, from traditional black metal. Uh, for example, uh, uh, in our music, uh, the bass guitar is very present, and uh, it's not uh, something that is very common uh, among uh, you know traditional black metal, and also. Uh, mm, in our lyrics, we don't talk about common themes uh, among the black metal community, you know? So, uh, the, the, I know that a lot of people describe us as symphonic black metal, and, and I can understand the reason behind it. But if I have to be, uh, if I have to give us a label, which I don't really like, <laughs> but if I have to, uh, Melodic black metal would be more precise, mm-hmm. mm. but you know, uh, because we have a lot of uh, melody in our music, and uh, we do use uh, you know classical instruments like violin, piano, and uh, 
in some occasion even flute why not uh, but uh, for with that said yeah uh, we different from uh, from traditional black metal let's mm. say so is black metal like the genre of metal that you're most drawn to yourself? Is that the metal that you kind of first got into? Uh, so, uh, yeah, yes or no. So uh, at the beginning when I was very young, uh, I was listening to a completely different uh, different kind of music. I was listening mostly to rap and hip hop because oh. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know any metal. So, uh, but... Uh, when I grew older, around 17 or 18 years old, I guess, uh, I had the chance to listen to metal again. Uh, and uh, I fell in love with, uh, you know, with the energy that extreme metal provide. So uh, I remember this one time, I, I remember even the specific song that I heard. It was on MTV. And uh, I heard uh, The Great Conjuration Biopath. Oh, yeah, I yeah. don't know if you. Yeah. yeah, I heard that song and I fell in love with growl, you know, mm-hmm. with the, the with that kind of style of singing, and uh, I said to myself, "Oh man, I just I w- I want to learn uh, I want to learn to sing that way," you know. I just, it was like uh, mind blowing for me. So uh, uh, I'm living in a small town near Rome, and uh, there was not a lot of. Uh, people that listen to metal here in my town right but i knew one guy that uh basically he knew the the technique to uh to produce growl to produce those sounds with the voice without hurting yourself because it's very important let's say it and um i asked to him if uh, he could uh, he could teach me the the technique and uh we sat down in uh, one month. I learned the the basics of uh, you know of growls, and then from there I developed my let's say my own technique. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that time, I, my my interest towards the music grew grow quite a bit, grow quite a lot, and uh, I started to to listen. Uh, uh, extreme metal uh, very frequently. I started, you know, with, uh, I think everybody started with classical heavy metal, you know, but mm-hmm. at the time I was not very into it. I was like uh, searching for something more powerful, deep, if you know what I mean. And uh, for me, extreme metal was like, uh, you know, I found, the, uh, let's say, my. Uh, the thing that I was searching uh, in music, you know, it was like uh, it was so powerful, so full of emotion. And uh, yeah, that's how I started listening to metal, basically. You, you said there weren't many metal fans around where you lived. Did you have to do all this searching by yourself or like, was it pretty uh, hard? Yeah, it was hard to, you know, uh, to listen to metal at first because in my town there was no... At the time, there was no internet connection. Mm-hmm. At least, oh. yeah, there was, but it was very, very slow. You had, you need like three hours to download one song or something <laughs> like that. It was, <laughs> it was very painful slow. Yeah. And the Grand Conjuration is like nine minutes, right? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, basically, I had to travel, uh, you know, quite a lot of kilometers to buy music. Mm-hmm. I had to go to Rome. My mother would allow me because I was very young, but I went anyway. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> it was very difficult to to reach to to those music, you know. So did you pay attention to the lyrics early on or was it just the sound of the growls that um, attracted you? So uh, at first I was not really paying attention to lyrics at all. Mm-hmm. I was mostly drawn to by the, by the sheer power of the music, you know. It was so potent to me. Uh, it was so full of sound. Uh, uh, but with the time, uh, you know, and... Uh, my uh, with more knowledge of English, I I was I started just to uh, you know to reading lyrics. It was a natural steps uh, for me, right? But yeah, at the beginning I was only focused on on the music, just the music. Mm. And so, was it difficult accessing lyrics like early on if they were predominantly written in English? Yeah, it was very difficult. Yeah, for me, it was very difficult. As I said, there was no internet connection. So uh, you had when I had the chance to have lyrics in my hand, I had to do, you know, the translation, uh, mm-hmm. like the old fashioned way with a, vocabulary, with a book of vocabulary in your hand and you have to search words for words. But uh, I said with the time... Uh, uh, and with more knowledge of the English, yeah, it was uh, it was easier, definitely, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Were there any metal bands singing in Italian at the time? Oh, uh, I'm sure there were bands uh, that uh, that sing in Italian, but uh, at the time I was not aware uh, of any Italian band at all. You know, uh, maybe I knew one Italian band. It was called, I think it's still active and it's pretty famous. It's called Rhapsody, maybe. Oh, mm-hmm. I think I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's an, Yeah, but they, I think they do power metal or something mm-hmm. like that, which I, I'm not, uh, I'm not a huge fan of it, I have to say. But uh, yeah, I only knew that band, but that band uh, also sung in, uh, in English, so... I, still to this day, I knew very few bands that sing in Italian. Very mm. few, very few. And uh, they're not famous at all. They're all underground bands, you know. And so, yeah, there is one band that sing, uh, not even in Italian, in dialects. You know? mm. Mm. Yeah. There, is, okay. uh, there is this town called uh, Naples here in Italy. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's pretty famous. Scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and this band uh, sung in uh, Napoleon, which is uh, the dialect of Naples, and it's black metal. It's called Scorn, I think, something like that. Yeah, but mm. uh, no, yeah. Uh, apart from that, I at the time I didn't know any Italian band. Okay. Yeah. And so, based on your experience with metal music over the years, do you think yeah. you can define what makes metal music metal? Um, I think uh, I can. I think the metal genre is pretty recognizable, you know, for uh, for a number of reasons. Um, I would say that metal has definitely uh, like a fast tempo, 
most of the time it does have a controversial lyrics mm -hmm. and uh, it, there is a there is definitely uh, uh, usage of distorted sound especially from guitars and uh, and voice if you are talking about extreme metal but uh, for sure these three factors became uh, mm, more predominant with the time, but uh, I, I, I would say that uh, they, uh, they did not change over time, you know, they just became more, predominant, more predominant, but I think metal, uh, it did change, but uh, it basically emphasized what, uh, what metal is, you know. Uh, it's more faster, more aggressive, more uh, you know, more brutal. If you want nowadays, that uh, let's say the 80s, for example, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, yeah, that metal is is very recognizable uh, mm -hmm. compared to I don't know, maybe other genre, but yeah, for sure, metal is is something that uh, even if you if you never heard of it, it's something that you you know. It's noticeable. It's like something that you cannot uh, ignore, right? What about metal lyrics? Can we define metal lyrics? Do you think? Uh, I think I can. Uh, if uh, you put uh, in front of me like uh, two lyrics, one is uh, I don't know, so metal lyrics, and the other one uh, pop lyrics. I think I can identify both mm -hmm. because. Uh, for example, uh, if we talk about specifically to black metal, a uh, 90% of black metal bands talk about Satan, you know, <laughs> so it's easy to recognize, right? But at the same time, uh, if you put uh, a pop song, a pop lyrics in front of me, I will be able to recognize it as well, because, you know, in pop song, uh, there is a lot of repetition of the words, you know, mm -hmm. the chorus, it's... Uh, it's very present. It's almost all, all it's all chorus and uh, uh, and yeah, uh, and I and I think also that pop music doesn't have uh, a lot of uh, you know deep meaning to it. They is more uh, it's more like a trivial context. You know what I mean. Uh, instead of black metal, I can explore deeper. Uh, I think they can explore deeper emotion of uh, the human being, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. How about in terms of what makes for good metal lyrics, or conversely, bad metal lyrics? Do you have a view on this? Uh, so, uh, to be honest, I don't think that uh, uh, there are good uh, or bad metal lyrics per se. So I think that every band should write uh, whatever uh, he's want uh, in the style that uh, that they prefer, right? But uh, I think that also depends uh, on uh, uh, bands by bands because uh, I feel like that uh, if you if you reach a certain amount of popularity, maybe you are. Uh, more inclined uh, to write something that is familiar with the with the metal community, you know. Maybe mm. you have a pressure. I don't know. I don't know how it works. To be honest, but uh, 
I, I think that you have pressure from producer, your label, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, instead, if you are an underground band, uh, maybe you have uh, more freedom and you can uh, basically, basically explore whatever you want without uh, having, uh, you know, the, the fear of not lighting to somebody, et cetera, et cetera, right? So basically mm. you have to do justice, justice only to yourself. You don't have to, uh, uh, you don't force anything, right? Uh, everything uh, comes natural. So, yeah. Interesting. So you, you, so you think um, for metal bands, if they become big enough, uh, they have pressure to fit in with like a certain style or certain... Well, I, I, I don't know. At the end of the day, if we think about, uh, you know, big metal bands, mm -hmm. they have to sell the product at the mm. end of the day. So maybe yes or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, so uh, I think uh, it, it could be done. I mean, uh, if, if I became famous, for example, and a label mm -hmm. came to me and told me, uh, you have to write about the devil, uh, you know, maybe I will do it, I don't know, <laughs> you know. I, it's like at the end of the day, uh, when you reach a certain popular popularity, it becomes like a job. Mm -hmm. It's not, I, I, uh, it can still be, be hard, but at the same time, you know, you have to, you have to sell the product at the end of the day. So... I think there is uh, quite uh, quite a lot of band that uh, that uh, right thing that uh, that they they don't believe in, but uh, I think it depends band by band at the end of the day. Interesting. Interesting. That's the first time we've talked about um, like pressure, I guess, mm. uh, and success. Because like metal, metal in general isn't a genre where success is uh, something yeah. a lot of people talk about, right? Because you know, yeah. even the most successful bands don't have a fraction of like an Ed Sheeran or a Lady Gaga sales, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. interesting to think about that. Yeah, like, like if you get big enough, maybe there's an expectation to produce. Yeah, exactly. And... Yeah, exactly. That's what, uh, that's exactly what I meant. Uh, for example, I, I always think about, you know, Rammstein. Yeah. Which yeah. is the biggest metal band, right? Uh, sure. They have millions of millions of views on YouTube and they still sing in German, mm -hmm. which I, I respect a lot, even if I don't, uh, understand germany even a little bit but uh, i think that even they they have pressure you know mm. and mm. they have a lot of freedom because they just sing in german they don't give a can i swear they don't give a yeah. fuck i did mm. it sorry yeah. um, so they don't care about you know uh pressure and things but even they i think they have some for sure no mm. i think i get what you're saying like because you know if um I mean, they come up every interview, so I might as well bring them up. But like, if Cannibal Corpse were to make a, an album about uh -huh. something like I don't know, well, even Satan, right? If there was something to start singing about Satan or mm -hmm. um, or like opethy ghostly lyrics, I think it would be more controversial than if a, a smaller band decided to sing about something exactly, like, like yeah, pops that sure. isn't metal at all because there's just more, you know, there, there's an expectation. Okay, I'm buying a Cannibal Corpse album. It will have this kind of con like someone is going to get murdered in the first song, right? And if not, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. 
Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. It's not even just about like just fitting the genre, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. also those successful bands have a back catalogue that fans are familiar with. And so, you know, the record companies know that like what's sold in the past is probably what's going to sell in the future, right? So there's probably a bit of pressure. I know bands have talked about this less so on this podcast, but in other interviews about the pressure to make something that's similar to the albums that they've released before that have been Mm -hmm. successful, right? So yeah. like, like if Dibu Borgir and, and Cannibal Corpse switched their lyrics, it'd be really, really shocking, I think. But yeah. if like, you know, it's two bands that have a smaller audience could probably do it without, you know, and just say they're they're exploring a new style kind of thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. I never thought about this. I never thought about like mm. the pressure of being Cannibal Corpse or like the pressure of being Ramstein. I suppose it is there, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. If there is any pressure if there is, yeah. because I don't uh, I don't know. Uh, for uh, for effect, but uh, I think that uh, you know when you are very famous, as we said, you have to sell the product. So uh, it's like you became a sort of a company, uh, passing mm-hmm. in the world, if you mm-hmm. if you if you want. So in terms of economics, you have to produce money, basically. And uh, as you said, uh, maybe your fans expect something from you, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's harder to... I think, for example, I can think of a band that changed their style and they had a backlash. I don't know if you are familiar with Suicide Silence. It's a death metal. Mm. It's it's a deathcore band. Mm -hmm. Basically, not not in this album, in the previous album. So basically, they changed... They were... uh, They were... uh, Deathcore, straight uh, deathcore battle band, right? And uh, in the next album, they changed. They and they did something like Deftones, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they, yeah, and they introduced cleaning singing, mm. and people did really don't like that. Uh, me, me included. I was not. I was the first one to not like <laughs> that uh, that option, you know. Mm-hmm. But also, I think at the same time, they when they changed style. Uh, they changed the band as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Suicide Silence was known for, you know, heavy riffs and heavy breakdowns and a very, very deep growl and high-pitched scream. And in that album, there was not a lot of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that not only changed the style, but they changed the identity of the band, which I don't think it's a good, uh, it's a good idea for a band, right? And in fact, in the in the uh, in the latest album, they they went back to that core, like straight that core, uh, mm. without any clean singing or, or whatever. Right. Interesting. Well, what you've been talking about actually links well to our next question, which is going to be about kind of relationship to lyrics, because, um, you know, a lot of people have said that uh, metal generally takes a kind of distance from its lyrics with a lot of lyricists kind of positioning their work as just like entertainment, not something to be taken seriously. Um, Is that something that you relate to at all? Um, And has your view on this changed over time? I mean, uh, I I mean, my my perception... uh, for sure changed over time. For example, when I was younger, I uh, I thought that every band uh, meant uh, uh, they thought uh, whatever they said in their lyrics. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the time, I understood that uh, 
maybe it's not it's not that the case you know maybe a lot of bands just write uh, lyrics just for entertainment or because they have to uh, you know met certain criteria right mm. so it definitely changed over time but uh, when I was younger, I thought that I, for example, I thought that every metal band was like uh, worshipping the devil or something yeah. <laughs> like this. But uh, <laughs> then I realized that uh, most of, uh, a lot of the time it's just business, you know. Mm. So, yeah. But uh, what I can say is uh, from my band, from my perspective, I can say that uh, every word that we read, that we written in our lyrics is uh, analyzed weighted and perfect both in metrics and the message that we want to convoy so mm. i don't know for other bands but for mine uh, that's uh, something that we cannot live without it you know we mm. have to write about something that we care otherwise mm. the lyrics wouldn't be that good right we have to be passionate about it otherwise it's uh, it's like Im- Im- impossible to write especially with the with the with the style that we use, which is uh, uh, poetic, I know that uh, it doesn't uh, it doesn't go well with black metal lyrics, but it is what it is. Mm. Uh, so uh, it needs to be something that you feel uh, that, that you feel uh, deep inside of you, right? Otherwise, it's very hard to to try to make something. Uh, uh, this beautiful and this, uh, uh, you know, and this complex, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So what about the, uh, the use of Italian? Because as you mentioned, you're the first band that we've interviewed from Italy. And of course, the first band that we've interviewed that uses Italian. Um, are there any trends in Italian metal, especially linked to lyrics that differ from the ways that, you know, bands in other countries approach it? Like when you talk to other black metal lyricists or metal lyricists in Italy, are there any things that you discuss that are kind of, um, particular to the Italian scene? Yeah. So, uh, basically, uh, before I answer this, I have to say that uh, in, in Italy, there is a lot of underground bands, but there is very few famous ones. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that said, uh, it's, uh, so it, it's very hard in Italy to come uh, on top with your music, right? Uh, there are very few there are very few possibilities here in Italy but uh, uh, taking that in consideration we have to think about that Italy has a lot of history behind it behind the behind the back so uh, I saw quite uh, quite a few quite a few bands taking the route you know talking about history or maybe you know uh, something about uh, you know, battles, uh, Roman battles or something like that, you know, but mm-hmm. this, uh, at the same time is not that common as you might think. But if I have to say if there is a recurring theme among uh, Italian uh, Italian bands, it's like definitely history, you know. Mm. Mm. And I think, it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, I think it's just because uh, if you, for example, if you go to Rome, uh, it's like you're like uh, you walk on history basically you are walking mm. the same streets that soldier uh, 2000 years ago walked on you're right mm. so you touch the same building that uh, i don't know caesar touched right 
so I think, and that's something that stick with me uh, when I was uh, when I was a child. Um, I, I, and I think this is part also of uh, uh, of uh, our inspiration uh, for our for our uh, like lyric styles. We we do take inspiration from uh, Italian art quite a lot. Mm-hmm. We when we when we write, we talk, uh, we think about. Uh, uh, you know uh, the biggest name of Italy. I you know Tantalighieri, Ungaretti, Montale. Uh, we think about that. Not that we are comparing to them because we are nothing compared <laughs> to them, of course. But you know, if you if you want to write something that is very poetic, you have to uh, you have to have that in mind, right? I think you have to expire for the best, not the worst. So. We we have that in mind for sure. So I guess, I guess there's two questions I have based on that. Um, because one is just uh, your lyrics, for instance, don't really discuss um, Italian history per se. But do you still feel they're historical because you're drawing on those kind of poetic traditions? Is it like a, a history of not just architecture but also like writing? Oh uh, yeah, 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 for sure. We also have a history of writing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, as I said, uh, there are a lot of. Uh, of poetry here in, in in Italy, so we took inspiration from from the great poet in in, in Italy, right? Even from singer, sometimes mm-hmm. uh, there is uh, uh, one singer here in Italy that uh, is dead and he's passed away uh, a long time ago. But uh, and it was completely different genre from uh, from us. It was like uh, uh, an author. We can say it. Uh, it was like uh, only voice, guitar, uh, and a couple other instruments. It was mm-hmm. called Fabrizio De André, and I feel uh, 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 that uh, we are not closer to his lyrics, but uh, we took we took inspiration from him, mm-hmm. which uh, he, he, for me he was a poet that happened to sing song, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we definitely took inspiration from the greatest artist of our country, for sure. Well, I guess the second question is, and this is something that's on my mind, because um, we just interviewed uh, Misery Index, and they're the band that's coming out before you. Um, and they yeah. talked about, like, metal as a counterculture, but also he really likes kind of rhyme and English poetry and stuff. And there's this clash, right, between um, metal is, like, antisocial, metal is counterculture, but then on the other hand, respect for traditional culture and respect oh, for sure. poetry right of how does course. that how does that work or do you not see that as a as a conflict and uh, i don't see that as a conflict at all i think that uh, uh, the th- the two things can be can can live together if you want mm. uh, it's certainly a nice contrast mm. uh, for example in our in our in our music uh, there is a contrast between uh, the poetic forms of the lyrics and uh, the harsh and uh, distorted sound of the voice. Mm -hmm. So you have this voice that screams uh, very loudly and at the same time you have this beautiful uh, these beautiful words written in rhymes. So I think that uh, this also a beauty, you know, this this contrast that creates uh, in uh, extreme metal music. If you want to use poetic form, you can do it. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, it's just like uh, 
it's uh, it's uh, do it in a manner that's uh, uh, maybe brutal because mm-hmm. you know of the voice, but uh, I think it's a nice, it's a, it's a very good contrast. Okay. Mm. I, I love it. That's one of the things that I love the most about extreme black, uh, extreme metal in general, uh, because uh, basically you have a lot of freedom in uh, in extreme metal. You can sing whatever you want. You can sing uh, like Cannibal Corpse. You can sing the murder of someone, but you can also sing, you know, um, I don't know about love. I don't know whatever, right? <laughs> Mm. I think this this is very beautiful, and I, I don't think that the other genre can do the same. For mm. example, if you think about jazz, imagine imagine a jazz lyrics when someone get murder like in a horror movie. That's that wouldn't sound that nice, right? No, I'd, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Or um, imagine a Lady Gaga song with a Carnival Cops lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great lady gaga yeah. please write a song like cannibal corpse please can you do it thank you she, i think i think great. that'd be she'd be one of, the, out, of the, out of the pop musicians out there i think she'd be one of the ones most that likely, is yeah. most able to do it yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 for sure uh, okay so we did get it, want to get into some more specific questions about how you approach lyric writing. Um, because okay. um, firstly, on your most recent release, um, all of the songs are written in Italian. However, yes. on Hiroka's last two albums, um, you mostly sung in English, right? Using English as well for the song titles and the album titles. Um, so what made you switch to Italian for the new release? So uh, to be precise, this is not a switching to Italian, but it's a return to mm. Italian. Because we had uh, our first album was completely sung in Italian by Adranor, which is my guitarist. And uh, the album was called Legenda, which is mean legends in Italian. And uh, it came out in 2005, I believe. Okay. Uh, but at the time, I was not part of the band. So uh, I cannot tell you a lot about the album, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so basically, we did not decide to return or switching to Italian. I'm just gonna tell you how it went. Mm. So basically, one day Adranor sent me this song by email, and uh, it was uh, Presagi, the song uh, present in the Memoria album. Mm. But uh, he sent me this song basically, and he said to me, uh, dude, I want to sing this song in the next album in Italian, and I want to sing it how uh, I want to sing it. And I said to him, okay, why not? And uh, after a few listening, I, so at the beginning, I was shocked because uh, it's not that common to hear. Uh, black metal music with Italian lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little bit, uh, you know, shocked at first. And um, But at the same time, after a few listening, I realized that uh, Italian was the, the right language to use in the upcoming album at the time. Uh, so the next day, uh, I said that to... To Adrenor, I said that uh, dude, uh, we are not only uh, singing this song in Italian, but we are uh, we are singing uh, the whole album in Italian. Mm-hmm. So uh, we proposed this idea to the other band members. They agreed, and uh, yeah, 
that's how we switched to Italian. Mm. So, yeah, so it was what, like it was very casual, a very a very normal process. You know, there was nothing. Uh, uh, there was no um, deep meaning behind this. We just thought that was uh, it would make us favor to our art, so mm-hmm. we just decided to do it. Uh, did it. So, like when you were listening to that song, and what what made it? You said something clicked, right? That made you realize that yeah. Italian was appropriate. What what yeah. made you feel that? What was the source of that? Like, oh, okay, I get it. Uh, I think it was like uh, I cannot. I don't think I can describe it. A word. It was a feeling uh, inside. You know, I had this uh, this feeling that Italian fitted so much good with the music uh, because uh, I think that. Uh, um, our music is, uh, especially in this album, it tends towards the, I said it before, it's, it's elegant for me, right? So uh, Italian give you the, uh, the possibility to, to be more elegant with your words. Mm. Uh, so we have uh, a lot of ways to say the same thing, basically. You can say it uh, in a rude manner, in a very polite manner. Uh, I think, uh, I guess uh, you can say it uh, for all the languages, but in Italian, we do have, uh, uh, I don't know how to explain it. We do have uh, like a a pronoun that we use for strangers or for uh, Mm -hmm. people that we know that Mm -hmm. we are intimate with, right? So, uh, yeah we do have a lot of ways to uh to describe things and uh in our case the with the with the poetic style that we adopted uh, in this uh in this album uh, i thought the italian band fits very well especially because we have a, a heavy usage of of rhymes and mm. uh it's easier to do rhymes in in italian than in english mm. Yeah, that's something that we have in our grammar because uh, uh, every verb uh, in a certain uh, um, time frame ends with the same word, uh, with the same syllables, right? Mm. Okay. So it's yeah, so it's easier in Ita- in Italian to do rhymes instead of English because uh, a lot of a lot of time Italian words uh, end up with a vocal, right? And uh, in, in English, sometimes the words end up with a consonant. Mm-hmm. And for making rhymes, consonant, is, uh, it's, uh, it's harder, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We also switched for that reason, because it was more easier to do rhymes, for sure. Okay. It's very practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah very practical. Yeah, yeah, it was practical, but at the same time, it was, uh, you know, uh, it was a stylistic choice, mm. because... Uh, as I said, uh, we wanted to introduce rhyme as much as we can. Uh, we 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 started to introduce rhymes back in Turning to Dust when we were writing still in English, and that that album was uh, filled with rhyme. Uh, next, we passed to No Sander Castle Windows, which is ninety percent composed by rhymes, and is mm. also writing English. But uh, at the same time, I think yeah. That writing in your own language is it's easier for sure mm. because you know it's your own language. You have a lot of uh, 
you can say a lot of things with your own language that maybe you cannot say in English because you are not able to, right? You're not able to express yourself a lot. But in Italian, we can we can go uh, for a complicated route uh, without, uh, you know, losing uh, understandability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting you say that because we've interviewed a number of bands that are working um, in Asian countries and many of them have mentioned that, especially in the past, there was a lot of pressure to sing in English, um, almost like English is like the language of metal. Um, is this some pressure that you yourself have experienced in the Italian context? So um, we did not feel any pressure like writing in English. I think uh, it was like that pressure came from... Uh, uh, a desire of uh, accessibility. You know mm. what I mean? If you write yeah. uh, a lyrics in English, everybody can read it. If you write it in Italian, all Italian people can read it, right? So mm. I think uh, it's like uh, uh, also a matter of, uh, yeah, uh, accessibility and making your music more, uh, to reach more people as, as possible, right? Mm. So if you... If you write, for example, you said uh, you interview in China, I, I, I don't even know any metal, any Chinese metal band, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, if I heard a song in Chinese, maybe I would not get uh, into it as much if, uh, if uh, it would be written in English. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's something. But, but at the same time, I'm talking about Rammstein. I like a lot Rammstein. I don't speak German. So at the same time, I don't know. I, so I, 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 we, do, we didn't experience any pressure to write in English. But uh, we just, when we decided to write in English, it was only for that reason alone. Mm. It was only for, uh, yeah, for making you uh, understandable to other people. That's mm -hmm. what the main reason uh, and then when we switched, it was just us. Uh, we did it just for, uh, uh, let's say, a uh, stylistic uh, form. We did it for, uh, just for style, just for uh, writing in a different style in, uh, in a language that, more, uh, uh, that we are more uh, knowledge of, basically. Mm. Yeah. Were you nervous at all, though? Because you mentioned, you know, um, if you sing in Chinese, it's difficult to access. By singing Italian, of course, you make your own music more difficult to access, right? Like, were, yeah. you, were you nervous that switching to Italian would lose you audience? So, yeah, that uh, it was a problem that we talk about inside our band. And, uh, uh, and it was an understandable problem. But at the same time, we wanted to do, we wanted to, to do what was right for our art. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, that's more important to us. If you want to understand uh, our lyrics, I guess you have to, <laughs> you have to translate the lyrics by yourself, you know. <laughs> I guess. I, or still, you can learn Italian, which is a beautiful language. It's uh, really complicated, but uh, yeah, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, there you have it. Anyone listening to this wants to check it out. Uh, learn yeah. Italian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, that, 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 uh, we, we talked to a band from China, actually, and um, they released translations of their Chinese lyrics into English. Is that something you've ever thought about doing? Oh, oh, I mean, we, uh, it would be very complicated. Mm -hmm. I mean, our verse is 
very complex. I don't think it's even possible to translate it in Italian, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to translate it in English, sorry. Uh, there are some verses that are very obscure. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if wouldn't make sense in English. Okay. So mm-hmm. we have to, if we have to translate uh, our lyrics in English, we have to rewrite them completely so basically you have to left the concept uh, but the form needs to be something very different you know yeah i i, I we could do it but uh, i don't know mm. i don't know the, the result will be different we will be definitely different for sure yeah yeah and so when you're actually writing in Italian, did you have to think about like what styles of language or what like words would be the most like quote unquote metal? Like, can you divide like metal Italian from non-metal Italian? So uh, we definitely research our word before we using it, but we don't think in terms of labels. Mm. So, uh, yeah, uh, if we need to use, uh, an, like you said, the non-metal words, we just use it because we mm-hmm. don't care. For example, I can, I can think of a uh, practical example. On uh, Turning to Dust, there is uh, a verse that said, my uh, uh, mental state purse like a cat. So if you take the <laughs> word purse, it's not a metal word. You can say that it's a cute word, right? It doesn't belong yeah. in a black. It doesn't belong in a black metal lyrics, but we use it anyways because uh, the mental image that uh, that verse create uh, with that word is unique, mm-hmm. and that's what we are aiming for without lyrics to be unique and to create something that uh, uh, stacks uh, stuck with the. Uh, with the souls listeners, you know, Mm. we want to, yeah, we want uh, that uh, when somebody listen and understand what we are writing, uh, we want that those words uh, remain inside of him for uh, as much time as possible. Right. Mm. Yeah. So uniqueness is, you value uniqueness more than uh, stereotypical metalness. Is that what kind of saying? Of course. Sure. She one under the, Yes, there is no <laughs> doubt about that, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So since neither of us speak Italian at all, um, so, and again, I apologize because we are going to uh, absolutely butcher the pronunciation on these lyrics. No, so no, no, I, no, no, I'm no, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, this no, is no. The, the entire wrong side of the world from our language specialty. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we, we sat down with some Italian uh, lecturers uh, down at universities here um, and showed them lyrics. And neither of them are like fans of extreme metal or even really knew what it was. Um, but they were quite impressed with the lyrics. Like they said, they were written in a very difficult poetic form of Italian that is um, like when, when we got contact uh, from your label, they said it was written in ancient Italian. Um, but the lecturer said it's, it's not ancient. It's just very like poetic and very difficult. Uh, so like a, a native Italian speaker would understand it, but like an Italian um, learner wouldn't and the lyrics wouldn't be used in day-to-day speech. Um, to give an example, um, on your song, in, Inutile Atessa, Inutile attesa, yes. Inutile attesa. Um, they listed the line, la per nulla lieta tua condizione. And they said the order of that was really like not what you'd say. Like it, they said in casual Italian, you'd instead say, la tua condizione per nulla lieta uh, would be like more kind of day to day. So why did you decide to kind of go in this difficult Italian style rather than a, a more day to day style? Um, 
And, you know, does this create like an effect you're looking for? And was it difficult to do this given how kind of obscure some of these forms are? Yeah, so to begin with, I have to say that I am very happy and honored that two university professor called uh, our lyrics very difficult and poetic, so thank you. <laughs> but uh, to answer your, but that's what we were aiming for, mm-hmm. for the, from the beginning, to be complex uh, as possible and uh, poetic as possible. Uh, so, but we do not... Uh, decide in advance what kind of style we are going to use for our music right but instead we let uh, us the music guides us so basically if we have a song that has a particular mood mood we just try to emphasize that kind of mood with words mm-hmm. if uh so um and in the case of memory we thought that the music style was uh very elegant and in some part even melancholic so the right uh, the right choice for us was uh, to write in this complex and poetic form without uh, without the losing uh, fluidity and musicality to the lyrics right that's why mm. we we introduce rhymes because when you use uh, complex words you have to make them um, musical you know you uh, you have to have th- 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 uh, that fluidity that uh, uh, music lyric has right and so mm, uh, it was quite a challenge uh, writing this kind of lyrics because not also you have this complex word but you have to structure them in a way that they are uh, you know they will put together uh, and they sounds good when you sing it so yeah, it was quite challenging. Uh, finding, not only finding, but put together the lyrics uh, because uh, to one end you have the form, but to the other hand you have uh, understandability too. So you 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 have to co- you have to uh, find out a balance between um, between making yourself understandable and uh, writing at the same time something that is very complex, right? So you have to balance those two things. And uh, yeah, it's quite challenging to do that, even in Italian. So do you think that like casual day-to-day Italian would be inappropriate to Heroka's music? Yes, I think it will be inappropriate, yes. There will be uh, uh, too much difference between lyrics and music. So uh, to one hand, you have these... uh, uh, I wouldn't say that our music is very complex per se uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, in terms of uh, technique, you know, technique. But I will say that our music is complex of the standpoint of melody. I think that our melodies are not so trivial. They're not so uh, banal. Uh, I think our uh, our melodies are quite sophisticated. So we have to write something that is sophisticated too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. To make justice to our basically we had to do justice to our music. That's what uh, the, what I meant. Mm. Do you feel like in a way by using difficult Italian, you're kind of showing respect to the other band members in a way? Sorry, what? So like, do you feel by using really difficult words and poetic words, you're like showing respect to the effort of your band members and making the music that they do? Is it like a way of... uh, 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely, I, as I said before, we uh, we have a lot of respect for other uh, for other bands, but uh, at the same time, we have to do what we think is right to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, writing in this complex manner was the right choice for us. So, yeah. Well, earlier you mentioned that rhyme is really important in your lyric writing, and you can certainly see that in the body of the lyrics because there are a lot of rhyming schemes. So, for instance, there's a lot of alternating pairs like ingano, verita, afano, sparira uh, that open presagi, um, or a questo momento, o questo tormento, voci oprimono, voti affligono, from Adon Paso. So what is the purpose behind this rhyming? So why is it so important to have this feature so regularly? Is it part of this kind of poetic effect that you're creating? Yeah, for sure it's part of that poetic effect, for sure. But as I said before, you have to balance uh, complexity with musicality. So if you have something that is very complex, like our words are, you just need something to soften soften them up right so rhyme is something that uh, make lyrics so much musical they make lyrics so much uh, fluid you know uh, there is uh, no interruptions in our lyrics so uh, every word calls for each other so um, I think uh, rhymes in our uh, in our music is very important. We start, I think, we started to use rhymes uh, and turn into dust, and then became more uh, predominant with the time because we are, we realized that uh, with uh, we realized with that album that uh, rhymes gives something special to mm-hmm. our li- to our lyrics, and um, they give us this kind of musicality that uh, in black metal uh, it's a kind of a rare thing right mm. they if you if you if you read the black metal lyrics uh, yeah there are obscure uh, words dark words but uh, those words they they are they are alone by themselves they are not uh, linked to each other you know they're just um uh they're not writing rhyme so uh, so we decided to introduce uh, uh, to our uh, to rhymes to to every album basically, and uh, I think that was the was the right choice for us. And also, I think uh, that's it's a personal uh, personal point of view, though. And I also think that having rhymes makes uh, the lyrics more um, uh, easier to sing. For me, mm. for sure, mm. but it's sure. also easier to memorize for the listeners. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's that's something that we consider for sure. So, uh, you're far, of course, from the first band we've talked to that rhymes. Like a lot of bands we've talked to, like rhyming. But this is, I think, is the first time in an interview I've ever heard somebody say the word, like describe the lyrics as soft or fluid mm. or musical. Like, I mean, do you feel uh, is there any oddness to be like, yeah, we're a black metal band and we have soft fluid musical lyrics like does that does that no. feel in congress no no problem no uh as i said before i do really like contrast mm-hmm. and uh it's black metal in per se it's a very harsh and raw genre mm-hmm. and we are trying to elevate the genre and make it elegant and sophisticated that's what we are trying to do mm-hmm. uh so I don't feel it odd at all. Maybe 
for others, metal listener, it can be odd. But at the same time, if you listen to our music, there are parts which are, uh, you know, traditional black metal where they are uh, uh, very fast, very aggressive. But there, in their aggressiveness, there is always a little bit of melody, you know, and a little bit of uh, elegancy. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, it's something that, uh, I mean, we found uh, this kind of style that fits us perfectly. Mm-hmm. So mm. I, it's like a, something that we cannot live without it right now. Uh, and I, I can say that we found this kind of uh, style, if you want to say, since turning to dust. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's our uh, the album when we took this uh, this route, right? But uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't think it's odd at all uh, for us. For maybe for other metal bands, it would be odd, yeah. But for us, no. Mm. Well, this style doesn't just come across through the rhyme, though, right? Because there's also like quite a common repetition of particular sounds. We figured um, uh, along the ending of, of each word in um, a section, um, such as uh, the group Tanti Avanti Momenti Viventi, uh, that ends the four first lines of Memori, um, or the run of Fame Infame Bestiame Letame Liquame Osame in Inutil Atesa, um, is this design to have this kind of similar effect? Like, what does this add on top of the rhyme? So this is basically, so in Italian, we have something that is called the rima baciata, which is mm-hmm. basically when two words, or two or more words end up with the same, uh, with the same syllables. Mm-hmm. And that's a quite, exa- that's an extremization of rima baciata. And mm-hmm. it's also that song, uh, if you mention Inutile Attesa, it's uh, basically, it talks about uh, a guy that uh, is locked up in a cell. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, we use the, you know, the, uh, like words that have the same syllables at the end because we wanted to mark the point that the guy is there for a long, long time. And do exactly the same thing every day. So even in uh, uh, in the show, in the choosing of words, we had to uh, mark that uh, you know that point. So if you have like words that end up at the same, you have a repetition of things, right? And that's exactly what the guy is doing inside mm. the cell. He does have repetition of his life, right? And so we basically it was like an uh, you know. It was just like mark that point at the, uh, mm. at the end of the day, right? Yeah, it was, it, we did it in uh, not only in uh, in uh, we did not only express it in words, but we express it also in the form of uh, writing, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, that's mm. it. Yeah, so you already talked about kind of the desire to move outside of the everyday vocabulary, but we noticed um, that. There's also some obscure medical terminology like uh, edema uh, pulmonare, which is pulmonary edema. And also sometimes you're using big words, even when discussing things that are kind of gross or vile. Uh, So kind of in contrast to like, you know, high class or quote unquote scholarly poetic vocabulary. So on the song that uh, we just quoted the um, Intule Atessa, you have the line, uh, actually that was also briefly quoted, um, Supravivi immerso al tuo letame, which is survive immersed in your manure. And then the line, uh, the liquame that comes after that is liquid manure. Uh, so why, um, why use these, you know, 
kind of heavy words, even when talking about something disgusting, instead of saying a word like uh, merda, which is more akin to shit in English. Um, or is that another source of that contrast that you enjoy? So, uh, so basically, as I said before, we had to do justice to our art. So choosing, uh, choosing simpler words wouldn't make us any favor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, I have to say that it is also stimulating uh, and uh, uh, finding, uh, you know, a uh, complex word to describe what, uh, what you think about, right? Um, but with that said, yeah, it's definitely, we, we don't like, uh, we don't like swearing in our lyrics. Mm. We don't like swear words. No, not at all. Because uh, as I said, I, I, we do have a lot of respect for our art. We do have a lot of respect for our music and for what we write. So uh, using swear words is like uh, degrading uh, somehow your uh, your lyrics, which uh, I don't have the pretension to be to say that uh, you don't have to swear because it's not polite or whatever. I want to say that uh, for what we are, uh, there is no need to swear, right? Mm. We just mm. want to be uh, this most uh, elegant and sophisticated form of black metal that can possibly be. So swearing is something that, uh, yeah, uh, is not something that is part of us. I, I, I bet that, uh, that uh, there is a lot of uh, bands out there that prefer, and I think that there is a lot of listeners out there that prefer a more simpler, simpler and direct approach to lyrics. Which uh, in this genre, I think it fits well, very it fits very well because the uh, the genre it is very direct. Uh, you know, it's in your face uh, if we want to. But at the same time, I think that uh, this genre is also very very complex. You know, mm. it's uh, it, it can be whatever you want. It can be very superficial. It can be deep as an iceberg. You know. That's why I love uh, I love extreme metal the uh, the most because it can be really anything. Mm. But yeah, so, that's why we don't swear. And do you feel the same about swearing? Like regardless of the language, like would it be the same to you to swear in English versus in Italian? So yeah, we also avoid swearing in English too. And yeah, there is no difference between uh, Italian and in English, we try, uh, let's say, our best to create this deep and poetic lyric. And uh, as I said, we think that using swear will make them less sophisticated. So uh, we just don't use it, you know, it's something that we are not, uh, uh, we don't agree with. Yeah. Mm. What about in like day to day or, or in a band that is less, um, you know, a band that has a more uh, you know, a band that sings about murder and things like that. Do you find swearing to be okay in, in those kind of situations? For sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't have uh, uh, nothing against swearing. It's hmm. something that uh, just we don't use in our music, you know. It's hmm. like, uh, I, I, I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to use a metaphor right now because mm -hmm. I don't have uh, uh, another way to express myself better. So if you think about, I think about Herugas music, it's like a painting, you know, a painting from like, let's say, one uh, for the Baroque, uh, you know, period, right? Mm -hmm. And if it's like uh, putting uh, uh, like a sign on top of that uh, of that painting and uh, write "fuck you," 
is the same. I don't think it's appropriate. I don't know. Maybe it's I. I am too extreme, but uh, I think our music is like that. It's like a very beautiful painting, and uh, if we if we use swear word, it's like uh, uh, how where is the word? It's like a little painting. That not the painting. It's like a. Uh, stain that painting, mm. you know, make, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what mm. I mean. Yeah, it makes sense. It would, it would create contrast, though. <laughs> exactly, but I don't think it will be a nice contrast. It mm. would be definitely a contrast, for sure, but not a contrast that uh, uh, it's linked together, you know, it's like... Uh, it's like doing the contrast just for doing the contrast, you know. Mm. There is, I yeah. don't think for us, I mean, for us, for our music, there is no need for using, uh, for example, if I have to use Merda instead of Letame, the mood of the words will change completely, you know. Mm. If I had to say immerso nella tua Merda or immerso nel tuo Letame, Immerso nel tuo letame, it's elegant. Immerso nella tua merda, it's good. You know, mm-hmm. and that's just one word. Imagine if you have to do that for uh, all the lyrics, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the same. You know, the mood will change drastically, mm-hmm. which is something that we don't want. But I mean, there might be people that say there's no elegant way to tell somebody to be immersed in feces, right? Uh, I just said it. I mean, I mean, maybe there is no. I mean, maybe there is no way to say it uh, in English, but it, there is definitely an elegant way to say it in Italian. Mm. That's why. That's why we also switched in Italian because you can say very bad and rude shit in the most elegant and poetic way possible. You know. Huh. So okay. uh, yeah, yeah, we mm. do have the. the uh, you have to be Italian to understand it because uh, you have to know you. Uh, yeah, but you have to know the language. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's like uh, there is no translation in Italy in English. Mm. Uh, yeah, because we have a lot of ways to say the same thing, and as I said, you can change the mood of what you're saying, whatever you want, uh, uh, with the word that you are using. Right. So, mm. yeah. Okay. Well, in contrast to the general kind of poetic or formal style of most of the language of the songs, uh, it was pointed out to us that the use of your second person pronoun, uh, so you, is always in the more casual option. Because in Italian, you have tu and uh, le, and you're always using tu, which is a bit more casual, as in immersene tuo sensi, as immersed in your senses, or ultra le tue uh, ansie e tuio songi uh, muionio, beyond your anxieties, your dreams die, so that you and your... Um, given that you're using this kind of formal Italian, why did you switch to the more casual you throughout uh, the, not switch to, but why did you decide on the more casual you throughout your lyrics? So, uh, before I answer, I have to say that uh, we use, uh, in Italian, we use these, uh, we use the formal forms only for people that we don't know. Uh, they are stranger to us. And uh, the counterpart, of course, is used for some that you, that you know and that you are close with, right? Mm. Uh, so we use the informal mode just uh, to make the reader uh, identify more with our lyrics, right? Because when we write something, it's like, or it's a, it's a mental image, or it's like uh, an emotion that uh, we are experiencing in the moment. So for um, 
for making the reader more uh, identify more with our lyrics we have to write uh, in uh, a manner that is uh, uh, that is like uh, that is informal right uh, so it's like uh, so for example if i have to uh, we wrote a song about someone being uh, uh, buried alive if i had to write that song uh, not in a second person, but uh, with I don't know a third person, that would be not the same. So it's like uh, it's like telling to somebody that that things happen to someone that you knew, that someone mm. that is close to you. So uh, it's just like that. It's to identify the the reader or the listener more without lyrics. That's all. So it, it removes uh, distance. It removes distance. That's that mm. that's uh, exact word. Yeah. Okay. For that. Okay. Yeah, but it's also when you use informal mode, uh, uh, lyrics can be very cold. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, you can you can uh, you can say yeah that they are cold. They are not filled with passion. You know? Yeah. Uh, so that's why we also decided to. Uh, it's not something that we decided to be sure to. To be honest, something that came out natural when we were writing. Uh, th- th- there was this form uh, already. Uh, you know, established. Uh, we didn't. Uh, we didn't uh, think about. Oh, we have to use formal or informal mode, right? We just write it as it was, and uh, it came out like this. Metal and poetic language can be a bit cold in general, right? Metal, yeah, metal can be cold, definitely. Poetry, on the other hand, I don't okay. know. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, poetry for me is some. Uh, is not called the poetry for me it's like it's the opposite of cold it's like if i have to say it's uh it's fire it's full of passion you know it's 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 like a desire that is burning somehow uh, mm-hmm. and uh and you are trying or to extinguish with the poetry or to to uh, put fuel on top uh, it depends on the case but i think that yeah poetry cannot be cannot be called otherwise it will be not poetry it will be narrative you know it will be just mm, okay real. interesting yeah. i dig it yeah 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 so you said that the choice of two overlay was relatively organic um but italian has other choices that affect uh, formality right um so for example there's third person pronouns that don't exist in english such as uh louis and uh egli for he lay and ella for she and eso and esa for it, um, which from what we've read can have kind of regional associations. Um, so is selecting between these different options difficult or is that equally organic for you? No. So uh, as I said before, we want the listener to immerse itself into, into the narrative as much as they can. So uh, to make that possible, we have uh, to immerse ourselves first and mm-hmm. uh, to do that, the process must be organic. It's not mm. that uh, that you can uh, and you can struggle with. But the thing we didn't, uh, as I said, we didn't uh, choose to use uh, uh, this kind of pronoun. Something that came out natural. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, also the the pronoun that you mentioned, like esso, essa, ello, etc., etc., they are very used in a, um, 
in a scholastic environment. Mm. You know okay. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are like doing an interview for a new university, I'll bet you are using those kind of words. If you are telling someone to your friend, you will never see an Italian using esso, ella, etc., etc., right? right. Uh, so it's something that uh, those kind of words, they are more... Uh, uh, linked to you know academy uh, and school basically, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's why we didn't, we did not use. I mean, there was uh, a song which uh, used uh, "esso onessa" in it, and I made it change it <laughs> for this reason alone because I said to my uh, to other, and I said do this. Uh, this uh, this verse is okay, but we need to change this because this sounds like we are in a school. <laughs> we were mm. using the word "essa," I remember, and I said, "No, nah, that's just fine. Just change it, please." I, no, thank you. And we 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 changed because it was like it sounds like more like scholar, very very scholastic uh, mm-hmm. phrase. So uh, we avoid that as much as possible. There's a, there's a bit of a balancing act going on here, though, isn't there? Because like um, formal poetry can often sound a bit scholastic and academic, right? So you got these these formal elements, and then you have these you know dark topics of of you know like putting someone into manure or telling someone they should be in manure, and then you have this you know warmth of the the pronoun choice. I mean, is this is this all like you know you say some of it just happened, but I mean, is is some of this kind of like pulling and pushing of warmth and distance? Something that you yeah. through while editing? Yeah, uh, no, I, 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 we didn't, we didn't uh, work uh, uh, these things uh, in editing, but uh, uh, it's definitely something that we 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 thought about we, mm-hmm. when we, when we wrote lyrics. Uh, so um, as I said uh, before, uh, we just want to express ourselves. Uh, uh, we want to express. Uh, uh, a state of mind or an emotion that we have. So uh, in order to do that, uh, we have to, yes, we have to be complex, but at the same time, we have to be close to the listeners. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean? So uh, that's why we don't use those kinds of words, uh, just for the reason alone. Okay. Yeah, right. So how about when you're writing in English, though? Like, do you have a different process? Is it, like, any more difficult to select terms, um, particularly those that don't have Italian equivalents? I mean, uh, I, I mean, as I said before, we just need, uh, we just use the word that we need. We don't, uh, so basically every word has a potential to be used in our lyrics. Mm -hmm. So uh, we just uh, try to use the one that fit perfectly with metrics and context. But uh, apart from that, yeah, every word is good. We don't, uh, uh, there are difficulties switching between English and Italian, but uh, they have pros and cons and cons, right? So in Italy it's, it's easier to do rhymes, but it's harder to it's harder to sing because uh, uh, words have more syllables than in English. Mm. But English, for example, is uh, more musical to to sing because there there is less syllables. Mm. Uh, there is more. Uh, uh, sounds words if you know what i mean italian it's very every word every letter is uh 
it's spoken in Italian. If you have to uh, read uh, a word in Italia, you have to pronunciate every single letter that there is. Right, yeah. In English is not the case, you know. Mm. Like, for example, TH is produced the sound, the th, mm. right? We don't have in Italy. So mm. uh, we don't have uh, TH in Italian, for example. So uh, that's why also we... Yeah, it was, it was difficult, but... Um, is we managed to do it uh, with uh, with ease at the end of the day, you know. Uh, it's like we just need uh, we just need the right words to describe our emotion. Mm. That's mm. The, the thing that we care about, that we care the most. Uh, yeah. So um, another question we had just broadly about these battalion is that uh, in researching the Asian extreme metal scene, we found cases where bands that sing in languages other than English, especially ones that sing in older forms or literary forms, kind of like what you're doing, uh, get pigeonholed as uh, nationalist or uh, NSBM. So for instance, there's a Japanese band that we interviewed that sings about uh, samurai and they use like old Japanese to sing about that. Uh, and we were presenting on them at a conference. Uh, well, Jess was actually. Uh, and a older Japanese person in the audience who was you know, not a fan of extreme metal uh, <laughs> said that the band was anti-foreigner and that the lyrics, the reason they were making these choices is because the um, band didn't like uh, you know, non-Japanese people. And that didn't align with our interpretation. And when we interviewed the artist, we asked him about it. And he said, no, that's not the case at all. But he, he did notice kind of the overlap that like, look, that's not why I'm doing it. But yeah, there are people in Japan um, that use this who are, you know, anti-foreigner. Uh, and, you know, we've even seen, of course, the problem of assuming not English equals racist is quite Anglo-centric. Um, and looking at the Japanese scene, uh, the only band I found, like, we didn't interview them, but the only band I found that was was quite, quite racist, uh, actually, like, like, the things they posted on Twitter were extremely offensive, but they sung in English, right? They weren't singing in Japanese. So, like, that one-to-one -one correlation isn't really there. Nevertheless, uh, this idea, right, that, that old forms and using the local languages, nationalistic, et cetera, uh, is something that seems to come up, right? People do kind of say, you know, uh, it's like a flag, kind of something to worry about. Is this something that you encountered? Is it something you thought about or worried about when switching to Italian? Were you, were you worried about like these kind of interpretations? Or do you think that European languages are perhaps more normalized than metal and given a pass? So, uh, to be honest, when we were, uh, when we switched to Italian, we didn't think any of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't cross even our mind to be labeled as nationalist or whatever, you know. But with that said, politics and religion is something that we are not interested in, especially mm -hmm. with our art. It's something that we'll never, we'll talk about that. So, and we do not associate with the NSBMM in any way, sort of form. That's why I wanted to make it clear uh, as possible. But, uh, so we, we did not encounter this problem of being called nationalist because we used the uh, this kind of uh, old poetic form, uh, I mean, uh, it's like just a stylistic. But I think that, uh, as you said before, uh, you can be racist. Um, uh, you can be racist, uh, whatever you write. You know, it's not like uh, if you write something in Italian, you are automatically. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, like nationalist, it depends on what the what what are you writing of, right? What mm. you're talking mm. about. I think that uh, that's very important for the 
Japanese band. Uh, I think that that's a very unfortunate that they they uh, have labeled us uh, anti-foreigner, for example, by by some Japanese guy. But uh, I think you have to know the band before you make that statement. Mm. Make that statement, you know, because. Mm. I, at the end of the day, is not something nice to tell uh, someone, right? So <laughs> no, no. Maybe you do your research first. Uh, if, uh, you know, if, uh, if I think if a Japanese band wants to talk about samurai, oh, I mean, what's the problem of that, right? It's like I'm Italian, I want to talk about Roman people. Why cannot do that? It's my history, it's my best, you know? It's mm. something that... Uh, uh, Maybe we live it every day because I see, as I said, I live in Rome. Rome is full of, uh, uh, you know, uh, things of the past. There is like buildings that are uh, 2000 years old. So I see, I bet it's the same for Japanese people, right? So label the sub one uh, nationalist just because they love uh, or they are interested in their country i think it's a little bit exaggerated uh, if you ask me. but yeah i we didn't have uh, any problem with nationalism here we never uh, have been labeled as such uh, and uh, that, yeah thank god we don't have that problem right yeah yeah mm -hmm. Well, I was just going to say, like, since we've moved back to kind of the broad topic of Italian language, um, yeah. let's try and move even more broadly, um, because it seems like this album quite repeatedly deals with themes of darkness, suffering uh, and death, uh, ending with a cover of a piece uh, by a Roman composer, uh, Stefano Landi, um, with the Latin title Homo Fugit uh, Velut Umbra. Um, or a man flees like a shadow. Uh, so, what brought you to explore this like broader theme across the album? So, uh, we started to explore this kind of themes since turning to dust, and then we continue with uh, No Sunder Past Our Windows, where we were where we were talk about uh, you know mental illness, but uh, from the eyes of the afflicted, and uh, we think that this side is very interesting because uh, we think that uh, every human being has a sort of a dark side that needs to be uh, suppressed somehow. If you think about, you know, for example, where you are very, very angry, uh, mm. there is something that you have to suppress, right? To, to, to not lash out at the other person or maybe to stay calm, etc., etc. So we think that dark, that dark side, uh, it's, uh, it deserves to be explored. And uh, it's also... For us personally, something uh, uh, that we are putting out of, like uh, if you have negative emotion uh, and uh, stuff like that, you just uh, you can put it in a writing, uh, in a, in a lyrics, right, and uh, just manifest that in some different way. And uh, it's like a, it's like a, a steam bulb, you know. We use it like uh, in that way too. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's why we do. Uh, approach these themes because uh, we think that everybody has this uh, uh, this dark side inside of them, and sometimes they don't even uh, want to deal with that with that dark side. But I think it's very important because it makes uh, it makes yourself a better person. You know? mm. 
So is, is black metal um, like therapeutic in a way? For me, I definitely is, man. Mm-hmm. I swear to mm. God it is. Every time I do rehearsal, you know, with my band and I, you know, we just do two or three hours of rehearsal per weeks. And when I when I exit uh, from that room and I screamed so much, I feel so good with myself. I have this sort of peace of mind inside, which is so, so good. And I, so yeah, for me, black metal is definitely therapeutic. I always said it. I said it to my friend, to my co-workers, to everybody. Uh, for me, it's very, very therapeutic. Yeah. I don't know for other people, but for me it is. It's interesting you say that, though, because it's something that's come up like a few times on the podcast and we've talked to like various different lyricists and vocalists who have said that they they feel the same way, that, you know, there is a therapeutic aspect to producing metal music um, or even just consuming metal music, you know, listening to it and going to concerts and stuff like that. But like, why do you think that is like, why is it that? a genre that's known for focusing so much on these kind of dark and kind of negative aspects of human experience is also has this potential to be so positive in a way. Uh, I think because uh, I think that especially extreme metal is a very energetic uh, genre, right? Hmm. So uh, it's like letting this energy go out from your body, right? It's something that you, I, when I, when I uh, listen to extreme metal, I, I just feel the sheer amount of power that the music uh, uh, creates, right? And uh, I think you, uh, you manifest that, uh, that emotion with this, uh, with this kind of music, right? So it's like um, getting out of this, all this negative emotion or whatever you have inside of you, you just let it out, you know, because the, the energy of the music let them, you know, you know what mm. I mean? It's not something that, uh, as I said, is not soft. The metal music is not soft. It's in your face. It's very direct. It's like an hard reality. It's like a bare truth, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love metal because it doesn't have compromises. Mm-hmm. It's lace. Uh, it's it's real. It's something that is very real, you know. And that's what I like. Hmm. That's it's real. Okay. Well, I guess so. I, I don't want to like. I don't want to say a contradiction here, but I, I want to yeah. investigate this because if if metal is in your face and real why write lyrics that are taken away from the day-to-day from the in-your-face like, like like the lyrics your lyrics are are the way you sing them is in your face of course the screaming but the words are not so much in your face right because they're, they're pulled back a bit they're pulled back out of the the the, the the here and now right is that again is that that's just coming back to that contrast you like or or is yeah, that for sure it's definitely a contrast and we like those but uh, i think it's also important not only the form but it's also important the context you mm-hmm. want to know the context sorry the content of uh, of your lyrics so i said that uh, Yes, we use this kind of form to be elegant and sophisticated, but I think like the the content of the word is like uh, is something that uh, everybody can uh, recognize itself mm. in it. You know what I mean? So yeah, maybe the form it's complex, but the message is not. So yeah, it's it's to create this kind of contrast that we love. But I think that our genre. Mm-hmm. It's a contrast by itself, you know, because mm-hmm. you have these. Uh, of course, you have to have melody in every 
in every genre, even in extreme metal, you have melody. That melody, though, is buried and is buried deep uh, in a distorted sound, uh, complex guitar riffs, uh, uh, vocal screaming. So there is a melody, but it's hidden. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's what I like about uh, metal. And it's like uh, our lyrics. So it's like uh, there is uh, a message that is for everyone, but it's something that you have to search for, right? Mm. It's like yeah. uh, I will describe, uh, uh, you know, our lyrics as uh, as a sunset, a beautiful red sunset covered by clouds. You know, <laughs> it's like uh, to appreciate the full beauty of it, you have to pass the storm first. Mm. So, yeah, that's what I like to describe our lyrics. Hmm. I, I dig it, yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of more on the topic of, you know, the difficulty of, of talking to people who aren't in the metal about beauty <laughs> in it and the difficulty, you know, the misinter potential misinterpretations of, of using an ancient language and, um, you know, convincing people that you work with that metal is actually, you know, therapeutic and nice instead of uh, horrible. Uh, at the end of my discussion with with the Italian lecturers here, uh, one of them actually went and, and looked up your band. And this led to him asking me a quite amusing question that, that I really couldn't answer because I, you know, I was a fan of metal. And one of the reasons, obviously, that you're making this music is because you like it, obviously, right? We all enjoy yeah, it. Sure. But he, he asked me, you know, uh, why have you spent so much time writing really, really complicated, beautiful lyrics for a genre where the lyrics are screamed in a way that makes the lyrics like almost unintelligible. Like, is, is there some kind of inherent irony or even absurdity, some kind of humor in spending all this time writing these extremely poetic and complicated Italian lyrics and then performing them in a way that no one knows what you're saying unless they, you know, go out and look them up? So uh, I have to say that this is a very smart and beautiful question. I really liked it. And uh we know that the average listener cannot understand our lyrics. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, we think that uh, creating this veil of mystery uh, made, uh, made our lyrics more precious. So, as I said before, it's like a sunset covered by clouds. Mm. Uh, it's something that you have to get really into it just to discover the really beauty it's like when i when i first started listening to extreme metal there was like this uh at the first i didn't really like the genre because i thought there was only noise right mm -hmm. but when the time passed my uh i trained my ear mm -hmm. to listen to metal right and i Every time I, I listened to metal, uh, to extreme metal, uh, I was always finding um, more and more patterns, more and more repetition, more and more uh, melody in the song, right? So I think uh, that uh, is the same for our lyrics. You have, to, you have to listen to the genre to fully understand it, right? Because uh, an, average, uh, an average listener will never understand fully the beauty of... Uh, extreme metal if if he's not uh, trained right mm. i think you 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 have to is the extreme metal is not like any other genre it's a very complex genre uh you have uh, complex sound complex patterns uh, complex voice sometimes complex lyrics 
So you have to train yourself for listen to it. Instead, if you if you heard the, like uh, the most recent uh, music, like pop songs, mm-hmm. you heard the one time and you know exactly the song, uh, uh, every every beat, every word, because uh, it's uh, made to be uh, memorizable as possible, right? Mm. I think the extreme metal is the opposite of that. It's not uh, it's not very memorizable. It's like something that uh, you have to focus. On. You have to focus to to listen to extreme metal, and that's why a lot of people don't listen to it because they don't focus when they listen to music. They just sort of like uh, take music like something, some noise that you have in the background or something mm. that you have uh, to dance with. For me, music is something different. It's something that you have to take very seriously and you have to have respect for it. And uh, and it requires uh, a lot of your attention and focus when you are listening to, to a piece of music uh, uh, so that's why I love extreme metal because it requires all your all of your brain to <laughs> to listen to it, right? It's yeah. not something that you you can put it and have a conversation with another guy who, uh, when you are listening, I don't know, to the cannibal corpse. They just take away that focus from the conversation because they suck you in uh, into this uh, into this complexity, right? Mm. So you have you all have attention for that, or you just ignore that? Because uh, imagine this: talking to a guy with, with uh, while listening to Cannibal Corpse. Uh, if you focus on the conversation, the Cannibal Corpse, be, Cannibal Corpse became just noise in the background. Instead, if you have a more simpler song, maybe you can do both, mm. right? Mm. Because the simpler song. Uh, it's like uh, it's structured to be to be easier to be uh, to, to get stuck in your mind like uh, most of the pop song do recently mm-hmm. and uh, that's why I really really don't like trap music I don't know if you <laughs> I really despise trap music I don't know if I should say that but uh, I said that anyways because I think it's very trivial. It's the most trivial thing that you we can possibly came up with. It's full of repetition. It's only repetition, and uh, I really don't like the genre and the 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 content of the trap lyrics. Sometimes made me made me lose my brain cells. Sometimes, but yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Like, because because that's very like I don't know. For for me, I often I like metal. Actually, sometimes is like I'll put Cannibal Corpse on as background music. I've, I think me and Jess have had chats with Cannibal Corpse on in the background, yeah. just hanging out. But it reminds me, I, I did interview um, a, a Japanese artist that said that initially when he first got into metal, it was just background music because especially in English, he just it was just kind of like he had it on. But then when he started, you know, writing metal lyrics and thinking about producing them and becoming a singer. Uh, he said he was unable to do that anymore. Like when he listened to metal, he had to sit down and like concentrate and focus on yeah. it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it's not it, for me. I, I I love having metal on in the background when I write or just when I hang out with friends. But I, I've heard that perspective, and it's it's very an interesting one. Like the idea that I it's something you have to kind of let yourself engage with. It definitely does require a bit more mental effort. Like I, I don't, I can't, um, I can't uh, like read and listen to metal very well. I found. Mm. Yes, not really compatible with that. No, writing, yeah, and editing, but for reading, yeah, it seems it seems there's a there's a distraction to it. 
reading uh, your sake reading without uh, with uh, while you are listening music yeah especially if i haven't heard it before like metal metal i haven't heard before i find yeah i definitely find difficult okay yeah. okay i found very difficult to talk to people while i'm listening to music because sometimes mm -hmm. you know when i there is metal in the background that i'm uh, uh, I'm, you know, I'm doing a conversation. Sometimes I, I, I heard a piece of music that catch my interest, so I focus, I shift my focus on that, yeah. and I, you know, so that's why I, I said that. Okay, so I just did, like this song's more interesting than you are. Sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Yeah, that. sometimes it is, but. Uh, uh, most of the time, you know, music, especially metal music, catches my interest mm -hmm. way more than, uh, you know, like for example, pop music. And I and I do listen to pop music, uh, believe mm -hmm. it or not. One of my uh, favorite singers is a pop artist. I think it's it's uh, an Australian uh, singer too. It's called Sia. I don't know if you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorite singers. Where she has a beautiful voice, and um, yeah, for example, uh, I I cannot uh, talk to people if I if I'm listening to you know extreme metal music because it catches my interest very quickly and I just leave the conversation, I start to listening to music, you know. Mm. So mm. yeah. I wonder if this is like kind of a musician thing as well yeah. though. Like in that, like as a musician, like you can like hear and access like all the different layers of complexity that like, you know, to people like me and Wes, maybe like, you know, we, we can hear the song obviously, but we don't necessarily like understand how it's put together in the way mm. that you would. Yeah, that's something that uh, you mentioned, layers. That's something that extreme metal has a lot. Mm. Extreme metal has a lot of layers. Uh, I, For example, I can speak for my band. That for, for example, if you listen to our band in a more superficial way, you can say, yes, it's a, it's a black metal band with symphonic elements, you know? Mm -hmm. You can say that, uh, and you will be not wrong about it. But uh, at the same time, if you if you shift your focus and uh, you really pay attention to it, you are starting to discover these new layers that came up every time you heard uh, the same song, for example. Uh, and I and I remember I had the same experience when I was younger. Not not so much anymore because. Uh, I listened to extreme metal in a long time, but when I was younger and I remember Opeth, I remember, uh, you know, listening the song one time and I said, oh, that's that's really nice. And when I heard that more and more time again, I discovered, uh, you know, maybe a phrase that the bass do that I never catched before or uh, some particular uh, uh, voice scream that I never pay attention to. So there is a lot of layer to discover in the metal music that I think other genre lacks of. Mm -hmm. uh, especially nowadays when <clears throat> the music is uh is structured to be uh as uh uh it's basically it's all the same uh, they structure to be repetitive and uh i would say redundant because mm -hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of uh, songs right now are just redundant it's the same thing over and over and over again because you have to memorize that kind of sound you have to memorize this thing so that's why I make a distinction between music and products mm. I think that uh, that kind of music is a product it's not art it's something that you have to sell it's, uh, it's something tangible right 
yeah. instead if you are if you are making art like i think we do uh you just don't care about those things you just write and uh and compose the thing that you want to compose and the thing that you feel uh so uh, that's uh that's the difference i said i'd say yeah yeah so in summary what would you say is the role of language and lyrics in Huruka's music um and what about in the realm of metal in a broader sense so uh i think that uh in our case uh, our music cannot live without lyrics and vice versa i think they go together there is a 50 50 percent uh, importance uh, on uh uh on Aruga's music uh we we definitely do write music first and then we do write the lyrics but uh, as we, as i said before we try to emphasize uh, the mood of a song with words so uh and uh for metal and genre i think that uh the importance of lyrics grew up with the time i think that uh in the early uh, early, you know, in the 80s, maybe, you know, uh, lyrics were not uh, something that was, uh, they were talking about, uh, you know, trivial things like parting girls, uh, whatever, mm. you know. But I think with the time, uh, they became more uh, more sophisticated, definitely more deep. They, the artists, they started to express themselves, their emotions, so I think, yeah, it changed uh, uh, in a better way over the period of time. Yeah. Mm. So do you think, do you think metal was um, kind of growing up? I, I have to have data for this, but uh, <laughs> I think it's growing uh, in popularity. Uh, even... Uh, for example, uh, I, I, and this is very, very weird. When I, when I, when I watched this, uh, there was like three years ago, and I watched uh, Rihanna. You know, Rihanna. It's like a yeah. pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Of course yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, she was wearing like a morbid angel shirt. I was like, what? So yeah, it definitely is. If his Rihanna is wearing a morbid angel shirt, yes, it definitely became more popular uh, uh, with the uh, with the time passed. You know, mm. I think yeah, it became more and more popular. But, but I don't know. It's because the it's people are more interested or in, in metal or the metal is becoming more. Uh, you know simpler and uh, accustomed to the masses uh, th- that's something that i cannot say to be honest i to to my perspective i think yeah sometimes metal even extreme metal does uh, became a product sometimes but uh, yeah it is what it is at the end of the day you know <laughs> yeah but it's definitely became more popular with the time for sure Great. Well, um, we should also ask you, uh, if anyone wants to check out Huruka's music, uh, where's the best place to go? Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I think you can check. check, uh, I'm not not a very social guy. I don't have social media, so I don't use it. I don't like it. So I think our best uh, 
to find uh, to find us, you can check out our social media like Facebook, Sp- Spotify. I think we are on Spotify. Yes, we are on Spotify. And uh, yeah, uh, if you want to buy our CDs, you can. It, I think it's available on the on the internet. You know, just search it on Google. <laughs> okay. You're gonna find it for sure. It's like, uh, yeah. Okay, I'll do some googling and um, find those. Post a link to Google in the uh, in the review. Yeah, yeah. yeah, If you want to find out more about Herica's music, Google it. Just Google it. it, Do some work. Come on. Great. I mean, yeah, we do have the standard socials. You know, you like Facebook. I think we do have Instagram. So I don't know. I'm not really into that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm not a very good lead singer uh, for this. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Oh, Thanks for inviting um, yeah. us all the way from around the world. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank it. you. For, thank to you guys. It was very interesting and a very stimulating conversation. Well, take care. Yeah, enjoy the Great. rest of your Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Lingua Italica. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you stay tuned for our next episode. Before we leave, we just wanted to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Sunday. Oh well. That's all right. No one will know.